Hey everyone, hope you're having a great day so far. Now, have you ever wondered where General Grievous was during the Battle of Genosis in Episode 2? The melee that sparked the Clone Wars and changed pretty much everything. Now, it turns out that the cybernetic general was actually at the arena the whole time, keeping himself busy in the shadows. Today, we're going to continue through Labyrinth of Evil by James Luceno. It's the book that covers the events that take place right before Episode 3 begins. Or at least it did in the old EU at any rate. But whether Disney keeps this canon or not, I think the passage, at least in my own mind, is canon because it was during the time when George still owned Lucasfilm and it was still his story. Now, I thought this passage that I'm going to go over still provides some key insight into how Grievous views himself and the Jedi, as well as reveals where his hatred for the Order comes from. Now, at this point in the book, Newt Gunray is fleeing towards General Grievous's flagship, the Invisible Hand while being pursued by Republic forces. As Grievous awaits aboard for the Trade Federation Viceroy, the cyborg's thoughts take him back to the first encounter that he had with the meek Nemoidian. From their first acquaintance, Gunray had made the mistake of treating Grievous as just another droid, even though he had been told that this was not the case. Perhaps Gunray had thought of him as some mindless entity, like the reawakened Dirge, or Dooku's misguided apprentice, Asajj Ventress or the humanoid bounty hunter called Aura Singh, all three of whom had been so driven by personal hatred of the Jedi that they had proved worthless, mere distractions while Grievous went about the real business of the war. The attitude of the Nemoidians had changed quickly enough, in part because they had been witness to Grievous's capabilities, but more as a result of what had occurred on Genosis. Had it not been for Grievous, Gunray and the rest might have suffered the same fate as Pago the Lesser's lieutenant, Sunfak. Grievous's actions in the catacombs that day, with the Genosians retreating by thousands from the arena and companies of clone commandos following them in, had allowed Gunray to escape the planet alive. Sometimes he wondered just how many clones he had killed or wounded that day. And Jedi, of course, though none had lived to speak of him. The Jedi corpses that were retrieved bespoke something atrocious that resided in those dark underground passages. Perhaps the Jedi believed that a Rancor or a Reek had shredded the bodies of their forceful comrades. Or perhaps they thought the damage had been done by Genosian sonic weapons set to maximum power. Either way, they must have wondered what became of the victims' lightsabers. Grievous regretted that he hadn't been able to see the reactions, but he too had been forced to flee as Genosis fell. The revelation of his existence had to wait until a handful of hapless Jedi had arrived on the foundry world of Hepori. By then, Grievous had already amassed a sizable collection of lightsabers, but at Hippori he had been able to add several more, two of which he wore inside his command cloak even now. As trophies, they were superior to the pelts of hunted beings he knew some bounty hunters to affect. He admired the precision and care that had gone into construction of the lightsabers. More, each seemed to retain a faint memory of its wielder. As a former swordmaster, he could appreciate that each had been handcrafted rather than turned out in quantity like blasters or pike weapons. He could respect the Jedi for that, though he had nothing but hatred for them as an order. Because of the remoteness of their home world, his species, the Kalish, had had few dealings with the Jedi. But then war had broken out between the Kalish and their planetary neighbors, a savage, insectile species known as the Huck. Grievous had become infamous during the long conflict conquering worlds, defeating grand armies, exterminating entire colonies of the Huck. But instead of surrendering, as would have been the honorable course, the Huck had appealed to the Republic to intercede, and the Jedi had arrived on Kali. In what passed for negotiations, 50 Jedi Knights and Masters ready to lose their lightsabers on Grievous and his army. 
the Kalish were made to appear the aggressors. The reason was plain. Where Kali had little to offer in the way of trade, the Huck worlds were rich in ore and other resources lusted after by the Trade Federation and others. Chastised by the Republic, the Kalish foundered. Sanctions and reparations were imposed. Traders avoided the planet. Grievous' people starved and perished by the hundreds of thousands. Ultimately, the intergalactic banking clan had come to their rescue, helping with funds, reinstating trade, providing Grievous with a new direction. So here we have it, Grievous' reasons for hating the Republic and the Jedi, the death of hundreds of thousands of his people through starvation and poverty. Or at least, that's what he believes are the reasons. Now I say that because his memories aren't really reliable, for reasons that I've gone over in a past video that covers how Grievous became a cyborg in the first place. Now I can't say for certain that these events didn't happen either. The Republic, though it could have been saved, had become corrupt. So it is possible they put devastating sanctions on the Kalish that would push them right into the waiting hands of the Trade Federation. Probably through the Sith's machinations. So what about Genosis? Now, I'd love to have seen Grievous there, taking on Jedi and clones. I think things would have turned out very differently. What if he hadn't remained hidden in the catacombs, but came to Dooku's aid in his fight against Yoda? And what if he was there with Anakin and Obi-Wan when they confronted Dooku? Would Anakin have had more restraint against charging in like he did? Now, Dooku almost killed the two by himself. If Grievous was there, would it have been the end of our dynamic duo? As I will explain in another video, Dooku let Anakin live, and the reasons are very interesting. And it's not the one where Yoda and Obi-Wan figure out why he let them live. It's actually revealed from Dooku's mouth, which you'll see in a video very soon. So let me know your thoughts on what other what-ifs you can think of, maybe if Grievous revealed himself at Genosis. So this could actually happen, because, well, it did. He was just in the shadows. Until next time, remember... The Force will be with you, always.